Good morning. Uh, this morning, we are continuing our series. Uh, we actually started this two weeks ago. We took a break last Sunday for our Living the Sermon Day, which was a great success. Uh, but we are beginning a sermon series looking at our five core values for the Gwinnett Church of Christ. Okay, so the plan is, uh, starting today and moving through the next four weeks, we will have a sermon on each one of these core values. And our corresponding Sunday morning Bible class, which is all of our adults together, uh, will be on the value that we discuss the following week. Okay, so that wasn't very clear. Uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to preach on grace as one of our core values this morning. And then next Sunday morning, our adult Bible class will be talking about the same thing in a format where we can discuss it in a little bit different way. Okay, so why are we doing this? Uh, why do we think it's important that we do this sermon series at this particular time in our church's life? Uh, and the main reason we're doing this is we want to continue growing. Uh, we recognize that structures, programs, and strategies, the things that got us to 200, aren't going to get us to 400. Okay, and so we want to continue growing. We want to continue being the church that God has called us to be. Uh, we want to take the Great Commission seriously. Uh, we know that lots of churches plateau right around the 200 mark, and we don't want to be one of them. We want to be one of the churches that continues to move forward. We firmly believe that God has given us a kingdom work to do here in Gwinnett County and around the world, and we want to do it. Okay? We want to grow. Uh, number next, we think our values are what make us unique. Right? With this sermon series, we're not going to talk about every value that churches should have or that we have as a church. We're talking about the few key core values that really make this church tick. Okay? Who are we as a church? We recognize every church is different. You probably drive past a dozen churches to get here every Sunday morning. Uh, why do we do that? Why do we think that this church is special? Why do we think that God has given us a particular reason to exist? And so this is not about talking what every other church is doing. This is talking about what makes GCC unique. All right, and number next, uh, we believe our values will remain stable over time. Okay, so the things that we're talking about in this series are the things that will remain constant because this is part of the DNA of who we are as a church. Okay, we recognize and embrace that churches are constantly changing, uh, and so is GCC. Uh, for instance, the missions that we support may change. Uh, the number and kinds of ministries that we do may change. The way we do small groups can change. Who we have as our youth minister will change at some point, right? No, never mind, just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, but if we look down in 10 years and see that we have 500 people instead of 200, our values, the things we're talking about in this series, should remain stable. Okay, that's the stuff that's not going to change. Okay, this will still be GCC. Okay, so uh, all of that, these three points, this is what you missed in week one if you weren't here for Sunday number one. Okay, and in order to get us into week two, uh, I want us to look at Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. Paul writes, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. 
All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by very nature deserving of wrath. Okay, and if Paul stopped right there, then there's no point in anything that we would do whatsoever. But he doesn't stop there. Here's the good news. He says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by what? Grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. All right, Uh, this is not a sermon covering all of the book of Ephesians, but if you want to know, Ephesians is all about reconciliation. And the way that Paul lays out this entire book of Ephesians, all six chapters, is he does it in two separate parts. He starts off in part number one, talking about Ephesians, saying that it's Christianity. It is the story of Jesus that fixes the relationship between us and God. We were lost, but now we're found. Uh, We were blind, but now we see. All of these things happen because of Christianity that reconciles us to God. Then, in the second half of the book of Ephesians, he switches and says, okay, now that we've got this vertical relationship right, now we can work on the horizontal relationship, okay? Because of this grace thing, now we can get along with each other, okay? Christianity fixes the relationship between people, okay? So he'll go on to say, here's how your marriages should look. Here's how your churches should look. Here's how your parent and child relationship should look. Here's how the Jew and Gentile relationship should look. Because of Christianity, because we get to be the church, we now can fix the relationship between each other. Starts by reconciling us to God, then moves to reconciling us to one another. Okay, so, notice the contrast in this passage, the one that we looked at the first part of chapter 2, the then and now stuff, right? He says, we used to be dead. We used to be in sin. We used to follow the world, uh, and what did we deserve because of all of that? We deserved wrath. But now, what do we have? Now, we are alive. Now, we are in the Spirit. Okay, we don't follow the world anymore. We follow Jesus. Okay, and even though we deserved wrath, we receive mercy. Okay, why? Why did all of that change? Why did we move from death to sin and life to spirit? Okay, why have we been reconciled to God? Because of grace. Okay, Paul says it three times in this one thought. Okay, the first value that I want to talk about for us at GCC, uh, and and this is in first place for a reason. Okay, we, we start with this one. Okay, is that we are a church that celebrates grace. Our first value is grace. So what is grace? Uh, We could spend an entire sermon series on that question, uh, so I will certainly not cover everything in a definition of grace. 
Okay, but it's forgiveness. It's mercy. It's us not getting what we deserved. It's God fulfilling the covenant even though we break it. It's God putting the world to right even though you and I were part of the problem. It's the story of Jesus bringing us the good news through his death and resurrection. Right? It's the story of the prodigal son who goes out and blows all of his inheritance and that when he comes home, he doesn't come home as a slave. He comes home as a son and his father throws a party in his honor because his son who was dead is now alive. It's grace. Okay, the reason that you and I are here this morning is because of grace. If you've ever heard the gospel story before, you've heard the story of grace. All right, uh, I told this story in Bible class a few weeks ago, so some of you have heard it, um, and Sam was supposed to be off in children's worship, so I won't um, so cover your ears as I, as I tell this story, uh, but it's too epic and too good not to share. Okay, but there was a couple weeks ago where Rachel had the boys at a trampoline park, um, and they were jumping around on the trampolines and having a good time. Um, and at this particular trampoline park, they serve ices at the concession stand, and Sam wanted an icy drink. And so he asked for one, and Rachel told him, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're not getting an icy today. And Sam didn't like that, but that was that. And so a few minutes later, my wife says to my sons, all right, it's time to put on your shoes because it's time to go home. And my son, my own flesh and blood, looked at his mother and said, I'll put on my shoes when you bring me an icy. I'm not brave enough to talk to her that way. Okay. Okay. Um, so, did we kick Sam out of our family and quit loving him? We might have been tempted to, but no, we didn't. That didn't happen. Okay. Um, we did have a come to Jesus moment, right? Okay. No. Okay. He royally messed up, right? I mean, he messed up in a huge way. Okay, so why didn't we get rid of him? <laughs> Grace. Right, no. Okay, I love my son. My wife loves our sons. We would do anything to keep them as part of our family. Um, and again, don't listen to this part, but he could mess up. There's nothing he could do to mess up big enough to where I would quit loving him and not want him to be my family anymore. Right? So, here's the thing. I am his father, and I'm not interested in punishing him. Okay? That's not my desire. Right now, are there times as his father when I do punish him? Yes, but that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not my thing that I'm going for. That's not the goal of parenting. Right? The goal of parenting is a couple of things. One, it's to make sure that he's always a part of my family. And two, it's to raise him into the kind of adult that I think he should be. Right? You see where I'm going with all of this? Yeah. God gives us the gift of grace because he's not interested in punishing us when we fail or kicking us out of the family. That has never been what God wanted. God cares greatly about our formation into the image of his son Jesus. He's trying to make us into adults, right? God in his nature is all about love and reconciliation. We serve a good God. 
And I could read you a hundred verses and stories from Scripture about grace. Uh, We could talk about it all day long. Uh, And yet this would still be a hard concept for us to grasp because, to be quite honest, grace is hard. Okay, and there are a bunch of reasons why grace is hard for us, but I want to highlight two this morning. I've left you some blanks to write these down, and I apologize because the first one's so long, but I couldn't think of a shorter way to say it. Okay, but number one, why grace is hard is because if I wouldn't forgive someone who did all the stuff that I've done to God, then why should I trust God to forgive me? That make sense? In my more honest moments, when I'm looking in the mirror, I know that I'm not deserving of being in a relationship with God. I heard a really good preacher once say, um, if you knew all of the sins of the person sitting next to you, you would get up and leave right now. But you wouldn't have to because if they knew all of your sins, they'd have already gotten up and left. Right? When we're honest with ourselves, we recognize that we are a deeply flawed people. Okay, and so grace is hard because we mistakenly assume that God thinks and acts like us. It is only when we have faith that God is more loving and forgiving than I could ever be that I can begin to trust in the grace of God. That makes sense? All right. Uh, Number B for why grace is hard. Okay, I feel like I should work for what I get. Okay, grace is hard because I feel like I should work for what I get. Uh, whenever I was about 10 years old, one of the things that I did regularly with all the other little boys in my neighborhood is we could get a pretty good hockey game going. Okay, most of us had rollerblades because this was the 90s, um, and we all had hockey sticks, and you get a good tennis ball, and you can have a good time playing hockey in the street. Okay, that was a different time back then. Kids went outside back when I was a kid. All right, so uh, I'm about 10 years old at this particular story, and I'm playing hockey with a stick from a kid that lives up the street, and it was purely an accident on my part, but I broke the hockey stick on the ground. Sometimes I don't know my own strength, right? That's part of being me. Okay. Never mind. All right, so I break this kid's stick. It was an accident, um, and yet my dad, even though it was an accident, he made me go with him down to the store and spend my money on getting a new hockey stick, and then I had to take it to my friend's house up the street and give him this new hockey stick. Okay, why did I have to do all that even though it was an accident? Because my dad was telling me, he was teaching me, that when I break something, it's my responsibility to fix it. When I make a mistake, even if it's an accident, I still have to do what I can do to try to make things right. That's my responsibility. Now, here's the problem. In my relationship with God, what can I do to make things right? Absolutely nothing. There's not a thing in the world that I can do to make my relationship with God right. I have messed up in ways that I can never recover from. I've done things in my relationship with God that I could never make right. And there's no amount of church services that I could go to, no amount of ministries that I could do, no amount of good things that I could ever do to undo all of the sins that I have committed. So what grace says is that God will send his son Jesus to pay the price that I could never pay Because even though I can't make things right, God can. But grace is hard because I feel like I should put things right. And yet faith says, no, I just trust that God can make them right. Okay? All right. The single biggest way that we misread the Bible is that we think it's about us. 
And yet, the more that we read in Scripture, the more we realize this is not the story of us. This is the story of God. Okay, we get to be part of God's story. God's not coming here to be part of our story. We're part of God's story. It's only when I can start seeing things from God's perspective first that I can start seeing how the world really is. Okay? All right, so how does this fit who we are and what we are about here at GCC? Okay, why is this one of our core values? Right, and the, the first thing about this is that grace is the first step of finding real healing. So, if you're only going to hear me say one thing, uh, if you've been sleeping up to this point, I need you to wake up for just a second. The one thing you need to get out of this entire sermon is this point right here. The first step in real healing in your life is grace. If we don't understand grace, there, there is no step two. Okay? It's all got to start with grace. We don't move from death to life or flesh to spirit without first knowing and experiencing the grace of God. And you may say, well, obviously, preacher, uh, any church that takes the Bible seriously is a church that celebrates grace. So how in the world does this make GCC special? And I would agree with you that there is no church anywhere in the world without grace, uh, that grace is all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. But part of the reason that we lay this out as value number one, part of the reason that this is a core DNA value of GCC is that so much of who we are and so much of what brought us to this point in our church's history is that GCC is a place of healing. We feel like this is one of our strengths. GCC is different from other churches that I have been a part of or known. I think some churches celebrate grace better than others, and I am thrilled that this is a church where I continually see grace. Okay, as you know, uh, we always meet with families that want to place membership here and be part of this family, uh, and that is a time where we get an opportunity to hear people's stories. Okay, overwhelmingly, the reason that people join this family is not because of brilliant preaching— which is always the answer I'm looking for. Okay, but the reason overwhelmingly that families meet with us and say, I want to be a part of the church here, is because they say this is a place where we find healing and support. That's a good thing to be known for. So much of the growth at GCC has come about by people finding their healing here. Okay, many of our members come to us wounded. Okay? A lot of people come to GCC licking wounds, and those wounds come from a lot of different places. Um, sometimes those wounds come from life circumstances, right? There's things beyond your control. Uh, you lose a job, you lose a loved one, you lose your health, something like that, right? There's a lot of things that happen to us. A lot of us end up with our wounds because of things that were completely outside of anything we could have done, okay? Uh, also, we end up getting a lot of people wounded at GCC because they have been wounded by previous churches. Okay? I'm just thinking about my own family story. Uh, we moved here from a church in Texas, and at that church in Texas, we felt dearly loved uh, by about 98% of the people at that church. Okay, but there are a few key experiences where we felt like we were wounded pretty deeply. And I didn't really appreciate how wounded we really were 
until I got here and experienced the grace and support and the love that we found here at GCC. Okay. Um, much like experiences with your biological family, uh, sometimes church families know how to hurt us in ways that we could never be hurt by other people in the world, right? So sometimes people end up here because they were wounded elsewhere. All right, sometimes also uh, we get wounds that are self-inflicted. Uh, any of us experienced a few of those before? If your hand's still down, you're lying. Okay. Some of my favorite conversations that I get to have with people are the conversations where people say, you know what, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. Okay, I need support. I need Jesus to be Lord because I'm making a mess out of this thing. Right? Uh, it's only when we get to that point that we're then really ready to grow. Okay? It's about surrendering. Uh, we celebrate here because we are a place of grace. Okay, and some of these self-inflicted wounds can be the most difficult to get over because those are the ones that I carry the most guilt about. Okay? And yet, we are here as a church because we firmly believe that God's grace is greater than your guilt. Right? That should have gotten more than just a JJ amen. That should have gotten a little bigger response, but we'll keep moving. Okay, but honestly, this is why we exist as a church. Okay, we at GCC are firmly committed to being a place where people can find the healing that can only come through Jesus and through an experience of grace. Okay, if we can be in the business of connecting people to grace, that's the best work there is. It's why we're here. This is what we do. All right. Uh, as we wrap up, two specific applications uh, that I want to close with for us here at GCC. Okay, here at GCC, we recognize that everyone is in a different place in their walk with Jesus, and we welcome people no matter what baggage they carry from their past. And we've got a lot of folks with a lot of baggage, right? And we are glad you're here. All right, I got to show you these because this is great. Um, recently, my youngest son, who was featured prominently in an earlier story, um, has decided he needed to label various rooms in our house. He did this all on our own. I woke up one day to come downstairs and find all of our rooms were labeled with signs. Okay, so I got to show you some of these signs because they're great. Okay, first one, that's Luke's room, right? Second one, we have the living room. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Uh, we've also got, he started to write Sam, and then he put the E-L in there between the U and the S. That actually says Samuel's room. It's pretty good. Uh, we've got a guest rooms, okay, which makes it sound like more than one room, but there's just the one room. Uh, we've got mom's and dad's rooms. It's pretty good. It's not bad. I love this one. The closet. It's not bad. Playroom. That's pretty good. I like it. You did good. We have a backyard, right? It's not bad. Kitchen, thank you. That's good, that's good. That's good. I like it. And this one's my favorite. Right. No, 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 it's good. It's a basement. That's right, that's right. And part of the reason that this is my favorite is because we don't have a basement. Right? That's <laughs> good. Now, he was supposed to be in children's worship, and then we, we missed it. Oh, it's all right. 
Okay, but part of the reason that I celebrate the signs that he wrote in our house, I think these are phenomenal. These are wonderful. Uh, it's not because they're perfect, but it's because I can see growth, right? That's way better than he could have done even six months ago, okay? Turns out school's good for the boy, right? Uh, he's already got better handwriting than his dad, okay? And his spelling's not very far behind. Okay. Here's the thing. Some of you who are here this morning, some of you who are members of this church, are very mature. Uh, you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. You have a very deep life with God. Uh, you are walking in great faith, and you are very far along on the path of becoming like Jesus. Okay? Some people at this church are not that far along in their walk with Jesus. This is a newer experience for them. Uh, they may not have grown up in church. Uh, they may come from a lot rougher background than what some of the rest of us got. Uh, some people were born in a pew. Some of y'all came along much later in life. We have people at this church who are at lots of different places in their walk with Jesus. And whether you are here and extremely mature or not extremely mature, we are thrilled that you are here because we are a church that celebrates grace. We recognize that people are in different places in their walk with Jesus. I don't care nearly as much about where you are in that walk so long as you're on it right? I care a whole lot more about seeing growth in people than I do with where you might be today versus uh, somebody else. The comparison is not between you and the person next to you. The comparison is between you and who you were last year or two years ago, three years ago, right? We recognize that different people at this church are at different places and that that's a good thing. We're not interested in judging your past, we're not interested in all of the baggage that you brought here with you insofar as that affecting your place here. Okay, now we are more than interested in helping you talk through all that and working through things that you need help working through. Okay, but we're not interested in judging where you came from. It's not who we are as a church. Okay? All right. So that was the first one. Uh, second application point is that we are in the business of making disciples. Right? We are interested in you becoming more like Jesus. And we believe that true and lasting transformation comes through the power of the Spirit of God. Because of that, we commit to being a people of prayer. Okay? Because the real force of power in the world is God's Spirit, we commit to being a people reliant on prayer. Now, we thought about making this a whole different value, um, and having a whole another sermon and a whole another value that's just on this. But we see such a close relationship between people of prayer and a people who are centered on grace that we're putting these together as part of the one celebrate grace value here at GCC. Okay? Part of what it means to be a part of this church family, part of who we are, part of our DNA, is that we are a people who recognize we're not going to grow and develop on our own. We are only going to do so because of the power of the Spirit of God. And the primary way that we can connect to God's power and Spirit in this world is through prayer. We're going to be a people devoted to prayer. All right, so again, value number one, who we are as a church, where it all has to start, is that we are a people who celebrate grace. All right. At this time in our service, we are going to sing a few verses of an invitation song. 
uh, during the singing of this song. Uh, I will be down front. One of our shepherds will be down front. This is the time in our service where we want to be here as the church for you. Uh, we would love to talk with you or pray with you about anything that is going on in your life. Uh, if you don't know the gospel story, if you don't know this story of grace, we would love to sit down with you and explain it more fully and show you what God says in his word about it. Um, this is a time for us as the church to try to be the church for each other. Uh, before we sing that song, though, I would like to close us with a word of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Let's stand and sing.